Hi, and welcome back to the You're Killing Me Smells podcast. It's me, Bria. I'm your host, and this is a true crime podcast, so some of the things we might talk about might be a little unsavory for some listeners. So just a listener's discretion, uh, we, some topics might not be suitable. If you're not comfortable with certain topics, that's totally fine. Feel free to skip ahead or skip an episode. I won't be mad, I promise. Now, before I go into the case, I just want to talk about uh, what my recording schedule might look like for releasing new episodes, because I've had a lot of co- questions after the first episode. Oh, when's your next episode going to be released? So I'm going to try to release a new episode every week. Um, I say try to because my schedule can be a little bit of hectic being a university student and a part-time worker. Um, I'm going to try to do an episode every week. No promises. It might be every week. might be every couple weeks. Um, if I do end up going on a longer hiatus, I will let you guys know. Um, so you won't be left too high and dry without an episode for too long. Um, Yeah, that's my little spiel to begin. So without further ado, let's jump right into this case. So today's case takes place in Mission, BC. So I'm kind of jumping around. Last week I was in Saskatchewan. This week we are in BC. So Mission is in the lower mainland of British Columbia, which is pretty close to Vancouver. Lower mainland meaning it's more southern. Um, In mainland meaning it's not on Vancouver Island. So as of 2016, there was just under 39,000 people in Terrace. So today's case is the murder of Rachel Pernosky. Now, there's, was, I wasn't able to find a lot of information about uh, Rachel herself, but a lot of my uh, information came from the website True Crime Files on uh, the murder of Rachel Pernosky. Um, so that is a really great resource. I recommend you guys go and check that out. So let's get started. So Rachel um, had a rocky past. Um, she had a half-brother. Uh, they shared the same father so but they had different mothers they had known each other for most of their lives um now this is where the trigger warning comes into effect um when rachel was younger matthew actually molested her and he was around 15 at the time so that's already a tough start to a uh, childhood Uh, obviously that sexual assault is going to play a role um, in the developing brain because we know trauma has a different effect uh affects the brain um but he was actually sentenced to probation at 19 years old. So he didn't get any jail time. He was only sentenced to probation, which I think is ridiculous. Um, he, but that's just my opinion. Like he molested his half sister. Um, after the court case, which was really tough for Rachel because she was young and uh, she's dealing with the trauma and having to be re-traumatized as she goes through the court case. Um, She seemed to move on and live her life as best she could. And by 2013, when this case takes place, uh, she had a son who was one years old at the time, and she loved him. She loved being a mom, um, but Matthew, her half-brother, wasn't completely out of her life. Now, on March 16, 2013, Matthew went to Rachel's house in Mission, under the pretense of wanting to apologize for molesting her as a kid, quote-unquote. 
Um, the conversation continued for a long time, and at one point, one of Rachel's friends texted her asking how the conversation was going, to which R Rachel reportedly responded, good, but emotional, and I hope he leaves soon. I'm tired. Think about how draining that would be. You're not only reconfronting that trauma you faced as a kid, but with your attacker, and he's trying to apologize. I wouldn't know if that would be uh, sincere or not, but obviously I've never been through anything like that, so I can't really comment on it. Now, that text would be the last time anyone would hear from her. She was reported missing after failing to pick up her son, which was so out of character for her. She loved her little boy. She loved being a mom. She wouldn't just up and leave him. Her uh, body was found three days later down a steep embankment in Chilliwack. Now, just to get a sense of direction, Chilliwack is about 43 and a half kilometers away from uh, Mission. So it's not a super long drive. It would be about half an hour, maybe 45 minute drive. Her purse and phone were found at her home, which, according to her family, was totally unlike her. She would never leave without her purse or her phone on her. And that makes sense. You know, you have your ID and I always have my phone on me. Um, it just, it makes sense, you know? And she had a really active social media presence, which suddenly stopped when she disappeared. So think about how weird that would be. You have this friend that's constantly posting, constantly tweeting, and then one day it just stops right out of the blue. So that must have been heartbreaking for her family. So now that we've established the fact that Matthew is a piece of human garbage, um, uh, we go into his confession. So he then confessed to hitting Rachel on the head and pinning her down before suffocating her by holding his hand over her nose and mouth. I just want to take a second to talk about how long that would take. It takes a long time to suffocate someone. You have to have constant pressure, and I know this makes me sound like a serial killer, but you have to have that constant pressure. Like, it just, it would take so long. So he had to know he had the time to do this. He then took her body to his home in Abbotsford, which is just over 12 kilometers away. So that's about a 10-minute drive. Um, about, eh, probably closer to like 20-minute drive, depending on the traffic. And sexually molested her post-mortem. This absolute pile of human garbage not only molested her while she was alive, he then molested her when she was dead. And then dumping her body in Chilliwack. I just want to take a second to let that sink in. This piece of human garbage suffocated a young mother. She was only 18 at this point, 18, almost 19. Suffocated her, sexually molested her, and then just dumped her body like she was garbage, like she was nothing. This makes my heart hurt. She was loved. She was a mother. She was a sister. She was a daughter. She had her whole life ahead of her. She loved her little boy, and this piece of human garbage took that away because he was butthurt that she was acting like a victim when she actually was the victim. Matthew's confession to Mr. Big supported 
all the evidence gathered over the years. This investigation had been going on for years. That's how long they'd waited to try to pin this on Matthew. He was then arrested and charged with second-degree murder with the murder of Rachel. So it would later be uh, known as second. He would later be charged with second-degree murder, as well as two counts of indignity to the human body. That's just because he sexually molested her and then dumped her body. He didn't bury it. He just dumped the body on the side of the road. Five years, two months, and 12 days. That's the amount of time from from the day Rachel was killed to the day her half-brother was sentenced. Five years two months, and 12 days. So on May 28, 2018, Matthew pleaded guilty to second-degree murder charges. And so he wasn't even charged. Uh, he didn't even face the charges of um, indignity to the human body because the second-degree murder charges override that, um, override that minor charge. And I say minor, but it's really not. Um... <laughs> So he was given an automatic life sentence. Now, when you think life sentence, you think, oh, he's going to be in jail till he dies. That's not necessarily going to happen. With the Canadian legal system, you're eligible for parole. He's eligible for parole in 13 years. So 13 years from the day he was sentenced. So 2018, 13 years, 2031. He will be eligible for parole in 2031. That's 11 years away. That's, it seems that far, but I guarantee it will not. And I have a feeling that Rachel's family is going to fight hard to make sure he stays in jail. Because they have said his behavior was abhorrent. It was vile. It was disgusting. And it was. He took away a young woman's life. She was so full of life. She loved her little boy. And I know I've said this so much, but she truly loved that little boy. She loved her life. She had no reason to just up and leave. And he snuffed that life out. He snuffed it out because he was selfish. He snuffed it out because he felt wronged by the fact that she wouldn't stand down and just let him get away with sexually assaulting her. Even though he was not charged, he was not charged with a crime for sexually molesting her when he was 15. He was only sentenced to probation. There's a really heartbreaking statement from Rachel's sister, and it's, Rachel was the victim. She was the only victim. Matthew's not a victim. He may depict himself as a victim in order to get sympathy, but he is not a victim. That's the bottom line. And I think that's what a lot of people need to take away from this case. This man might try to paint himself as the victim to try to get some form of sympathy, to be like, oh no, I'm the one that was wronged by the justice system. It was a false accusation. But he he had faced this charge before and he was angry And he took that anger out on his victim. He did it. He gained her trust. He came into her home, gained her trust, and then killed her. That that breaks my heart. That breaks my heart. 
So that is the end of this case for this week. I want to say again a big, big thank you to everyone who listens. Um, it means a lot to me uh, taking the leap from listening to creating. It's a really scary leap for me. Um, so I just want to say if you guys could do me a huge favor and just leave a review of the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. Um, that would really help my podcast get out there gain more listeners, a little bit more attention, and it just, it would mean a lot to me. So thank you guys again. Uh, feel free to send any case recommendations to You're Killing Me Smalls podcast. Uh, that's at You're Killing Me Smalls podcast. Or if you have my personal um, social medias, feel free to send them there. Um, yeah, and I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and I look forward to telling you the next true crime case that I find.